Focus on Headline. All right, let's take a look at what major issues are making the headlines today on Focus on Headline. For this, joining us in the studio, we have our Monday reporters in Kim Min-ji and Chang Hana. Guys, welcome back. Good evening. Happy Monday. Happy Monday and a cold <laughs> one at that, guys. It was a very cold Monday, and you know the weather is out of whack mm-hmm. when there's so much news that's going on right now. Mm. And we're going to start off with weather updates uh, because... <laughs> It was frigid. It was kind of raining over the weekend. Uh, right. Had a bit some of snow. snow. A bit mm-hmm. of snow. Yeah, actually, when I was coming to work uh, this early in the morning, I was snowing, and it wasn't as cold. But mm. boy, did it get cold right. uh, towards like around eight, nine a.m. and uh, persisted throughout the day. Uh, much colder day uh, compared to the weekend. It was uh, raining in some parts. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had snowfall again, yeah, covering various regions here. It's expected that we're going to be seeing this cold snap uh, persisting throughout the week. Uh, Minja, you're going to start us off about some uh, weather updates for this week. Sure. So as of 8 a.m. today, snowfall, snowfall warnings have been issued for several areas, including the southwestern and southern inland of Gangwon-do province, parts of central and Chungcheongbuk-do province, the west coast of Chungcheong-do province, western Jeolla province, and the mountains of Jeju Island. Snow is currently falling at a rate of 1 to 2 centimeters per hour in these warned areas. However, it isn't just your typical snowfall. It's occurring in the midst of a cold snap requiring extra caution. So when snow falls during such low temperatures, it can quickly freeze, leading to icy roads and slippery conditions. Heavy snowfall is expected in Chungcheong, Honam, and Jeju through the 24th. Residents are advised to be prepared and take precautions, especially in these regions, to avoid potential issues such as collapsing greenhouses and other facilities under heavy snow. Cold wave warnings have been issued for Seoul metropolitan area and inland and mountainous areas of Gangwon-do province. And earlier today, Cheolwon-gun in Gangwon-do province recorded a bone-chilling temperature of minus 16.3 degrees with a wind chill making it feel like minus 21.7 degrees. Now, morning temperatures across the country range from minus 11 degrees to d- to zero degrees, which is five to 10 degrees colder than yesterday. It will remain cold throughout the day and with most areas staying below freezing. In the central part of the country, daytime temperatures are expected to be around 5 degrees below zero. National daytime highs are forecasted to be between minus 8 and 3 degrees. So this cold snap is projected to continue through January 25th. Looking ahead to tomorrow, morning lows will be even colder, ranging from minus 18 to minus 4 degrees. Daytime highs on January 23rd will also be colder, ranging from 9 below to 1 above zero. So we do urge that everyone take necessary precautions to stay safe in these extreme weather conditions. That's right. Again, the, the big thing is the the ice, uh, the mm-hmm. icy conditions on the road, because uh, throughout the day, they're, they're kind of uh, scattering, uh, what is it, uh, salt, right? Mm-hmm. And to melt the, uh, the, the snow and things like that. And then it melts and then the salt washes away. And then like next thing you know, the cold temperatures, especially overnight, it freezes over. And black we call it black ice, right? Mm-hmm. You can't see black ice, especially at night 
night and uh, mm. in the early morning. So you have to drive very, very carefully here. Uh, I was just kind of looking at the, the temperatures throughout. The, mind you, Cheolwon is like regarded as the coldest place in all of South Korea. So it's not like we're going to have those kind of temperatures. Uh, but in near Arirang tomorrow, we're expecting a range of negative 14 degrees to negative 7. Wow. Wednesday is going to be negative 12 to negative 4 high uh, up until Thursday is when we see negative 10 to negative 1. And then, quote unquote, get warmer <laughs> <laughs> with temperatures with negative 7 to 3 degrees. But mm. I mean, we're, we're, we're kind of in the, the middle of the, uh, the, the brutal winter. I mean, mm. this is supposed to be like the coldest time uh, of the year. But uh, uh, we got a message in from uh, Jenga who says, yeah, we got some snow and cold, but this is Syracuse. I've seen much worse. Actually, I had a buddy of mine visit me from Syracuse uh, last week, and we had like negative one degree Celsius temperature. I was like, it's so cold. And he goes, it's so warm. You know how cold it is in Syracuse. But I hope everyone stays warm. But also, please, please drive carefully. If we have any sort of report, our Arirang radio reporters will be on standby to give you guys an emergency report all throughout the night. Uh, let's switch gears here. The Kremlin said on Friday that it's setting a date for Russian President Vladimir Putin to visit North Korea. Uh, it's going to be quite interesting as it is going to be Putin's first visit mm -hmm. to the country in 24 years. Uh, Hannah, let's get more on this. Sure. Now, when asked at the briefing about Putin's upcoming visits to North Korea and Turkey, Kremlin spokesperson Dmitry Peskov said that there are no exact dates yet and that coordination through diplomatic channels is underway and the Kremlin will announce it as soon as it is uh, finalized. And while a date has not yet been set, the Kremlin has confirmed that Putin will travel to North Korea. Meanwhile, North Korea has said it is ready to host Russian President Putin. State Radio Korean Central Broadcasting Committee reported on the press release of Foreign Minister Choi Son-hee regarding the outcome of Russia's visit during the 14th and 18th. Now, Chess said that the government of the DPRK warmly welcomes the visit of President Putin to our country and is ready to host. Now, as you may uh, recall, President Putin accepted North Korean leader Kim Jong-un's invitation to visit the DPRK during the North Korea-Russia summit at Russia's Vostochny space base last September. Now, if Putin visits North Korea this year, it will be his first trip to the country in 24 years since July 2000, when North Korean leader Kim Jong-il was in power. Now, Putin is the only top Russian leader from the former Soviet Union to visit North Korea. And at that time, Putin's visit was expected to help ease tensions on the Korean peninsula, as Russia had emphasized stability on the peninsula. But the situation is different now. In what has been called the new Cold War, Russia and North Korea are engaged in an unprecedented military closeness that has led to constant allegations of arms deals in violation of UN Security Council resolutions. Now, if Putin visits North Korea again, the accelerating military space and economic ties between the two states could intensify, raising fears that the Korean Peninsula could become the stage for a new Cold War era divided between the United States, South Korea, Japan, and North Korea, China, and Russia. So you might be wondering if North Korea and Russia, right, have long been considered sort of the, the, the traditional mm. allies, why it's taking so long for Russian President Vladimir Putin to visit Pyongyang. Uh, because you have to understand, like, North Korea is like that 
kind of little brother that you don't want to be mixed with because he's, you know, got bad influence. And causing too much trouble. And causing too much trouble. And so, as you know, you might be going, I mean, you are my little brother, so I have to like you, mm. but I'm not going to do anything with you, right? And so, anytime, if anyone, any world leader, right? And this is before, way before, like, the mm. Ukraine war or anything like that. Uh, for a world leader to go to Pyongyang and have all these friendly ties, it looks so bad for Russia. Mm. And so, for all this time, they've kind of been... Distanced himself uh, with, you know, North Korea kind of only saying in word and maybe through trades that they're, uh, you know, close allies and things like that. But they've never made that uh, visit. So if you but you might be going, well, what about 24 years ago? Right. What about in 2000? How come uh, Vladimir Putin was able to visit North Korea uh, in 2000? Well, in 2000, in June of 2000, was mm. when there was the Kim Dae-jung, Kim, uh, Kim Jong-il summit, mm. the, the inter-Korean summit, where things seemed very rosy and everyone's like, all right, mm -hmm. maybe North Korea is on the verge of, you know, bringing about peace on the Korean Peninsula and things like that. So it was kind of okay for Putin to visit mm -hmm. North Korea at the time. But obviously things went sour from there. No visits. But these two countries right now, they have nothing to lose. They need each other right mm -hmm. now. That, that, that young brother need him right now. And so maybe this is why the visit is going to take place. Uh, in the meantime, it's also been reported that Peskov mm -hmm. uh, also expressed concerns about rising tensions uh, in the Asia-Pacific region. Uh, he said the level of tension has crossed the line, referring to the situation in the Middle East and the Asia-Pacific. Uh, he did show deep concerns, adding that all of this is an outgrowth of a terrible, terrible crisis over in Gaza, is what he said. Oh, yes, that's right. Now, he urged all parties, the region and its neighbors to exercise restraint and diplomacy, noting that there are concerns that the con conflict in Gaza could escalate. And as for the resumption of the suspended Black Sea Grain Initiative, Peskov said that there is no relevant discussions that are underway. Now, Peskov also referred to Argentina's decision not to join the BRICS, saying that Russia respects their rights and their decision, and that over time, Argentina will see the benefits of returning to the BRICS. Now, let's uh, move on here. More on uh, North Korea. There's been a recent discovery uh, at the Najin port in North Korea. We had satellite imagery uh, from Planet Labs revealing a 100-meter-long vessel with its hull close together spotted at a China-only pier. Uh, this on January 19th. Uh, Minja, let's delve into the details of this. Well, in, in October of last year, the White House disclosed that North Korea has provided Russia with over a thousand containers worth of military equipment and ammunition. Satellite images displayed more than 300 ocean-going containers loaded at North Korea's Najin port, measuring about six meters in standard dimensions. The White House had indicated that these containers were destined for Russian ships to be transported to Russian ports and then moved by train to the Ukrainian front. Now, we observed that a similar large vessel is at the Najin port, raising questions about its potential connection to North Korean weapons. Notably, the port of Najin saw minimal vessel traffic until it was identified by the White House as a potential site for arms dealing. Through satellite analysis, it is estimated that 26 ships entered and left the port between August 26th of last year 
and the end of 2023. Now, this year alone, five ships have entered, and today's discovery marks the sixth, averaging one every three days. It is crucial to note that the UN Security Council has banned North Korea's arms export through various resolutions, including Resolution 1718. Both North Korea and Russia vehemently deny any arms deal for or military cooperation. Kim min Chai, representative of the permanent mission of the DPRK to the United Nations, rejected the U.S. allegations, calling them a politically motivated disinformation campaign. Russia also dismissed speculations by the United States and its allies regarding the development of bilateral relations between Russia and North Korea. Yeah, so I mean, there's already proof, right? There's proof that ships have been going back and forth at the Najin port, and the Najin port has long been in sort of an area where there's uh, trade between North Korea and Russia. Uh, and so it's not like they're delivering empty containers mm-hmm. all throughout this time, of right? And uh, why go through all the trouble of, you know, what is it, turning off the, the radar detector, right? There's ways to kind of turn off a certain system so mm-hmm. you, get, you don't get detected on these uh, radars, like ships have this so that they don't collide into each other, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so the only thing here is, again, it could only be allegations from, let's say, South Korea or Washington because there's no way that, I mean, there's no X-ray. Uh, satellites don't have X-ray technology to show what's inside these containers. So you can only kind of speculate that th- these ammunitions are going in and out uh, through Russia. But uh, that, that's a lot of shipments that we're looking at here. Uh, also, the U.S. government said it's in discussion with the South Korean government about North Korea's announcement that it tested an underwater nuclear weapons system. Uh, saying that it's uh, difficult to prove uh, its authenticity. Mm -hmm. Uh, Hannah, let's get more on this. Sure. Now, John Kirby, coordinator for strategic communications at the National Security Council in the White House, said at a briefing today that the U.S. does not have a lot of specific information, adding that Washington is not in a position to substantiate that claim. The U.S. is in contact with the South Korean government and is trying to get information to confirm. And when asked if he believes North Korean leader Kim Jong-un's nuclear and war threats against the United States and South Korea are likely to result in action. Kirby said that we have to take seriously the rhetoric of someone in charge of a regime that is pursuing a continued buildup of its military capabilities, including nuclear capabilities. Meanwhile, Kirby commented on the growing closeness of Russia and North Korea, including the meeting between the foreign ministers, saying that we have talked a number of times about the closeness of Russia and the DPRK, and the closeness of these two countries is obviously a concern, not just for Ukraine, but for our interest in the Korean Peninsula. And he also stressed that we have been very clear about the threat uh, posed by North Korea's military programs and our commitment to defend South Korea and Japan and preserve peace and stability in the region. Now, earlier, North Korea's defense ministry spokesperson said that it tested its underwater nuclear weapons system called Heil-523 on the 19th, calling the South Korea-U.S. joint naval drills in the waters off Jeju Island an act that seriously threatens national security. Now, Seoul says it's unlikely that North Korea successfully tested a nuclear-capable underwater drone last Friday. An official said uh, that 
based on South Korea's analysis to date and the lack of photographic evidence, the, the North's claims are likely to be exaggerated or even fabricated. And if the test had proceeded, the North would presumably have tested a type of torpedo, but it's unlikely that it was a nuclear propulsion system. The North Korea last March first declared a successful test of its Hail 523 uh, underwater nuclear system with two more launches in 2023. The presidential office said that South Korea's military is continuously tracking and monitoring the development of the North Korea's uh, underwater weapon system, such as nuclear torpedoes and submarine-launched ballistic missiles, adding that, that the South already possesses an overwhelming capability to strike the bases that host such weapons in the event of an emergency. Yeah, so one of the things that uh, the presidential office also said, I guess, in regards to this, right, because because they were calling this was an exaggerated and a fabricated mm. incident, right? North Korea, this is not the first time if it's true that it wasn't what they really said it was. I mean, they have kind of exaggerated and fabricated their uh, nuclear capabilities in the past, including two years ago when they said that they had a hypersonic missile. Uh, maybe now we've talked about the recent, uh, what is it, IRBM, which seemed to have the uh, the hypersonic uh, capabilities, but back then they were saying it didn't. They were exaggerating. But one of the things that they pointed out was that they said there is no development of a small reactor that can be fitted in a torpedo with a diameter of less than one meter. So the torpedo that they fired was somewhere in the diameter of less than one meter. There's no way that there's a, a small enough reactor that could fit into this. And so unless they came up with some alien technology that no one really has right now, it's just doesn't seem to make sense right now. But again, they're willing to make up all of this to kind of, again, bring about fear into the, the South Korean government and so forth. Uh, we also have some more developments on North Korea. Boy, they're busy these days. Uh, they've been defending its military action at a non-aligned movement summit over in Uganda. Uh, state media reported on Monday that North Korea's chief delegate, Kim Sung-kyung, uh, addressed concerns over recent military exercises in the region. Let's get more on this, Minji. So North Korea has recently tested an underwater nuclear attack drone, the Hail 523, in the East Sea, responding to joint naval drills involving South Korea, the United States, and Japan. Kim Sung-kyung, North Korea's chief delegate, defended these actions as a just exercise of the country's sovereign right in the face of what he termed as, quote-unquote, dangerous military moves by the United States and its allies. Now, the drills came after North Korea launch of a solid-fuel hypersonic missile on January 14th. Speaking at a non-aligned movement summit in Uganda, Kim Sung-kyung claimed that the rights to independence, life, and development of a sovereign country are under serious threat, emphasizing the focus on the Korean Peninsula. Kim also stated that North Korea's struggle aligns with the ideology of the non-aligned movement, which rejects any form of infringement on the country's sovereign right and intervention in internal affairs. Now, so the non-aligned movement is a forum of 120 countries not aligned with any major power bloc. North Korea's late founder, Kim Il-sung, actively participated in the movement against imperialism in the late 20th century. Now, at a year-end party meeting, North Korean leader Kim Jong-un vowed to strengthen solidarity with independent anti-imperialist countries standing against the United States. In addition, to the Non-Aligned Movement Summit, North Korea's Vice Foreign Minister held talks with Sergei Alenik, 
who is Belarus's foreign minister on the sidelines. Now, Belarus has been supporting Russia during its war with Ukraine. Speculations suggest that North Korea might have supplied arms to Russia while seeking technological assistance from Moscow for its weapons program. Details of North Korea-Belarus talks are not available, but observers suggest that they may have discussed potential cooperation, including North Korea's possible dispatch of workers to Belarus or a three-way collaboration that involves Russia. Yeah, I'm going to be honest with you. This is the first time I've heard about the non-aligned movement, so I was kind of uh, looking up on this. Uh, it's a form that's not formally aligned with or against any major power bloc, uh, but uh, two-thirds of the United Nations members are represented at the non-aligned movement, uh, but this is the, the second largest group after the United Nations. Mm -hmm. But uh, interesting stuff here. Guys, let's move on here. We have now just uh, mere months uh, before April's general elections. Oh boy, a lot happening over the weekend. It's been uh, quite busy. We know that Idrun uh, Zak, the former PPP mm. uh, leader, launched his uh, uh, new party, but uh, it was kind of overshadowed with uh, other news coming from the ruling PPP. Uh, you have Han Dong-hoon, the interim leader of the ruling People Power Party, uh, said he'll be doing his job dismissing the presidential office's reported request for his resignation uh, amidst rows over First Lady Kim Gunny's luxury bag gift allegations and uh, also uh, election nominations over at the Mapogu district, I believe. Mm -hmm. Hannah, uh, let's get more on this. Sure. Uh, now, Presidential Chief of Staff Lee Gunsop met with Han earlier in the day and delivered a request for him to step down from the chairmanship of the PPP's Emergency Leadership Committee, according to ruling party lawmakers. He said that, well, Han said that the path 